0: Well, aloha Kaka Hiaka Mission Church. What a great day it is to be in the house of the Lord. How many of you guys enjoyed last Sunday, if you were here, Ohana Sunday? Yeah. If you enjoyed it, say amen. Yeah. Oh, man, that was such a glorious day. Sadly, we won't have Hawaiian food after church today. But I hope that you enjoy today as well. Um, I was just... Uh, Looking at the calendar as I was doing some planning, and can you believe that we are in the middle of September already? Like, where has this year gone, right? Christmas is right around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> the kids, yeah. All the adults are like, oh my goodness, right? Oh man, it is the the, the year is just flown by so fast, and and I don't have to tell you that Christmas is just about the busiest time of the year, right? And then I looked at my life and I was like, oh man, I'm at the busiest time of my life right now and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, but I'm sure God will give the strength and uh, and help us when we get to that time. And um, And so as I was preparing and and thinking about the sermon that we're going to be preaching on. I'm beginning a brand new sermon series. I'm really excited about it. Today's message really is, in the midst of busy times, just a, a word of caution. Not to neglect the vital aspects of our faith that as people who believe set us apart for God, especially during the busiest times of life. The easy thing to do when it gets busy and crazy like it has been for me these past few weeks, um, I did say dismiss the children earlier. You didn't hear me? Oh, I'm sorry. Kids, you're dismissed. When, when everybody was greeting, I said, children, you are dismissed. Oh, they didn't hear you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Children, you are dismissed. I see them going, sorry about that if I, if I didn't say it loud enough. Okay, kids are gone. Now we can talk about them. No, just kidding. (laughs) Thanks, Rochelle. Um, During the busiest times of life, right, the easiest thing to do is just to take the path of least resistance. It's so busy, and you're just trying to find your way through life. And so so you just kind of go down the path of least resistance. And in that path of least resistance, there's a natural pull for all people right toward the comfortable and the convenient and what i want to do is over the next few weeks talk about that pull that 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 takes us to what's comfortable and convenient because i'm convinced that that is not the path that god calls us down and so i'm going to bring a message that calls away actually from the convenient and the comfortable, because when we're faced with choices about how we're going to spend our time, this sermon series that that we're going to start will call us to lean onto God instead of taking the comfortable route that separates us from Him. John Wesley, the founder of the Church of the Nazarene, have this this wonderful quote that, that really has helped me in in my message and, and even in my own life. He said, I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to even do anything, right? Before I'm able to do it. And you think that's just that sounds like a contradiction in terms, but in a way, that's the heart of what we're being called to, what I'd like to call us to as a church. A call away from the comfortable and the convenient that draws us closer to God. So, this sermon series that I'm going to begin is called The Blessing of Inconvenience. Can I get an amen? <laughs> the Blessing of Inconvenience. And, um, and I want to b- begin by sharing the passage of scripture with you for today. It's a familiar passage for some It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. And um, this passage of scripture here that Paul shares with the church in Rome is a call away from convenience and comfortability. And it's a call not to conform to the pattern of this world, but embrace instead the will of God. So hear the word of the Lord today. Therefore, I urge you, my brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship and he says do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may let me get this right that you may test and approve what god's will is that which is good acceptable and perfect. So I'm going to start this new sermon series called The Blessing of Inconvenience. And I thought hard about what I should call this sermon series. And each word of this, the name of the series, is, is to me important. Because when we begin with the word blessing, I want you to understand completely that this word blessing is not used the way the world thinks blessing is. Right. You, you, you ever go to someone's house that, that has everything, you know, the, the five car garage, the gigantic home, the pool indoors, and you go, oh, man, what a beautiful home. And they go, thanks, I'm blessed. That's what they say. When you read the word of God, especially in the Beatitudes, when Jesus talks about blessing, it has nothing to do with that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And so, what people say is that the kingdom of Jesus is an upside-down kingdom. But as I have said several weeks ago in my sermon, (laughs) the world has it upside-down. The kingdom of God is right side up and blessing really is what Jesus says that it is and the rest of the world has it wrong. And so when we talk about the blessing of inconvenience, that's what I mean by blessing. To to be blessed the way Jesus sees blessing, not the way the world sees it. And so I'm going to invite you to change your perspective if you see blessings the way the world does. And to change your perspective and see that the inconvenient life that Jesus calls us to will truly, truly, truly be a blessing for those who seek it. Now, my sermon today in this series is called The High Cost. Of convenience, and, um, and so, for this sermon, I, I did a little bit of research about the cost of convenience. And so, I, I went to Costco, and I went to the, uh, the convenience store um, down here on, uh, on Waring, and I took a picture of a couple of things that I want to share with you. Um, I, I priced different things in the store. I priced gas. Uh, uh, I've priced chips and soda, and and corn nuts because those are the things you find in convenience stores, <laughs> and I, I priced it with uh, with what you what they cost at, uh, uh, at at Costco, and as you might guess, as you might know, right, <laughs> the cost of goods at convenience stores is infinitely more expensive than what you, they charge at Costco. And I took, the picture, I took a couple of pictures, and so I want to show you a couple of pictures that I took. It's, it's up here, right here. So that's, that's a, I, I took a picture of that being um, the, uh, the, I don't know what you call it. the sign, the gas station. Thank you, Ian, the gas station sign. <laughs> the cost of gas at the convenience store. Now, that was a couple of days ago. My, my phone is right there. I, I drove by this morning and that went up. If you go and drive by the chevron on wearing, do you know how much a gallon of gas is now? It's six dollars and thirty cents. Six thirty-nine, I think. Yeah, it went up forty cents from that. So and I went and filled up gas at Costco the other day, and this is what I took a picture of the gas that I filled up at Costco. Can you go to the next slide, please? Yeah, it's 5 dollars Now, $5.09 for gas at Costco is outrageous. Can I get an amen? Oh, my God. I was feeling good. Oh, Jesus, help us. If it's $5.09 at Costco already, right, and you go to the, the convenience store gas station, and it costs five ninety five. like almost a dollar more, right now it's 6.39 way more than a dollar my tank in my little pickup truck takes about 17 gallons of gas and so if i was empty and i put in 17 gallons of gas you guys can do the math right i save 17 dollars every time i fill up my tank at least 17 dollars is that a lot of money it's a lot of money every time you put in gas, and if I go and, and get a some soda and some chips, then that seventeen goes up to forty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but can you imagine? Like, so the question that I have is, why would people go to Chevron and put in gas that costs six dollars a gallon? And you know the answer because we're talking about it, right? it's way more convenient. Yeah? When you go put in gas at Costco, you have to be prepared. Right? Because every time you go there, there's a long line. And if you're anything like me, and this happens to me every time, I always pick the wrong line. (laughs) I do! I go to the shortest line, and I'm parked there, and the long lines are just, people are just flying by me. I'm like, what's going on? And somebody's writing out a check. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Paying for your gas. It's just crazy. So when you go to Costco, it's, it takes a lot of time. And it's, it's, a, it's a big hassle, right? It's a hassle. Anybody ever say, I'm just going to run to Costco real quick and get some milk? Says no one ever because you got to park so far away and then you got to walk through the parking lot and, and then you got to check your card in and then the milk is like way in the back and then you get done getting your milk. Go early. I'm going to have to do that next time, Ian. <laughs> So, to avoid the inconvenience, go early. But if you don't have time to go early, <laughs> it just takes so. You've got to plan your whole day around shopping at Costco, especially if you go during the weekend. It's just crazy, right? So, instead of all that hassle and waiting in the long lines, what do we do? We go to Chevron. We pump in $6 for gas per gallon and we only put two gallons in because that's all we can afford. And you get your chips and your corn nuts and your soda and, and you, you just pay a much higher price for convenience, right? And some people that's okay. And, it, and here's the thing, it's not just shopping for groceries and gas. The problem with convenience is that it's everywhere. It's seeped into every part of our lives, has it not? I mean, I remember as a kid, convenience, right, this is what, this is what it looked like as a kid. There were TV dinners that they used to talk about on TV, <laughs> TV dinners. And you would buy them and, and it's like a, a meal in itself. It's, you, you put it in the oven for about 20 minutes and the potatoes and the, the, the meatloaf and the vegetables are all there. You don't have to make them. It's already made. And that was convenience back in the day. And that gave way to fast food restaurants which were a little bit more convenient. You just went and bought the fast food because it was quick. But then when the lines got long, then they made it even more convenient. You could drive through. And now, convenience has seeped into the food service industry so much that now all you have to do is get on your phone and order something from Grubhub, and they bring it to your door. That's amazing. But it costs a lot more, right? Right? And it's, and it's not just food. Uh, I put a couple of things in my... my, my oh, buying a car. Do you remember when you used to look through the classified ads to find a car, and then you'd have to call the people? <laughs> Kids don't know what that's like anymore. Because but, convenience gave way to um, auto trader, and then it gave, gave way to Craigslist. And then, but you still have to go and, and, and find the car and then negotiate and get the price down. And now you don't even have to do any of that. Carvana, you go online, you can, just from your phone, you can buy a car on your phone and it gets delivered to your house. That's convenience, but I'll tell you what, it costs a little bit more. It costs way more, actually. Right? I mean, you can buy anything at Amazon. Anything you want it's so convenient. Even education. Education has gotten so much more convenient. How many of you guys remember having to go and get an encyclopedia? Right? I'm going to look at the college kids over here. Hey, kids, an encyclopedia is a book that had lots of volumes in it. And everything you needed to know about the world was in it. It's true. Right? Amen? Okay, raise your hand if you've ever opened an encyclopedia book. Really? Wow! Let's give them a big <laughs> hand <laughs> Because encyclopedias, right, got thrown out when Google was invented. And Google was so convenient. And now, there's this thing called chat QRX, or chat gpt <laughs> i don't even know what it is but but i hear man anything you want to write is there i mean that's convenient it's crazy how our world has made convenience so accessible and in the time that we have indulged and engaged in convenience and in the last let's just say 15 years of, of moving from, from TV dinners to getting Grubhub, of having to look for a car in the classified ads to, to getting a car from Carvana, and from doing all your shopping on Amazon. All that time saved from going to the store. How much time do you think you've saved? And what have you done with that time? Are you freer today? Do you, do you spend more time with your family? Do you take more walks? Do you go on more vacations? The truth is, the answer is no, no, and no to all of that. Isn't that crazy? From all the convenience that we've got saving all that time, our lives are as busy as all again, which is just utterly crazy. But here's the thing. My sermon today is not about how you necessarily spend your time. I want to focus on this message of convenience. And let you know that while convenience is everywhere, and I'm not here to tell you that you should not, you should not engage in those things that bring convenience to your life. I'm not here to say that. What I am here to say is that not everything was meant to be convenient. There are some things in life that were never meant to be convenient, like going to Costco. (laughs) Never meant to be convenient, never will. Not only going to Costco, (laughs) this one hits home, coming to church never meant to be convenient, just so you know. I will do my best to never make this place convenient for you, because my fear is that if I ever did that, the blessing that Jesus talks about would vanish from this church. Close friends were never meant to be convenient. Think about the closest friends that you have and how you forge that friendship. It took time and effort and commitment and a lot of hassle to work through. Sounds like going to Costco. <laughs> to forge that kind of relationship where you can share just about anything and know that what you tell the other person, they will love you still it. You know that kind of relationship that we all desire to have? That's inconvenience. Sure. If, if, you, if, if, you know, if you experience it, family, family was never meant to be convenient. How many of you have little children or had little children? Are they convenient? Oh, you guys are so inconvenient. <laughs> but I want you to know something. You are a blessing. Because what we don't realize sometimes is that the joy of inconvenience is what brings us the greatest blessing. Right? The the fact that we get to journey together through the hard and challenging times to forge the kind of deep relationships that we have with one another. Oh, man. That's the joy. So think about the close relationships that you have with your best friend, with your coworker. Think about the relationship you have with your pastor. If it's close, if it's intimate, it's only because you have spent time creating that, and that's inconvenient. It, it's it's not fast. And it doesn't come quickly. Some things in life, church, were never meant to be convenient. Relationships were never meant to be convenient. And that's why our relationship with God is the same thing. Right? The same principle about forging deep, abiding relationships that you have with the people in your life is the same principle that it requires to have the kind of relationship that we have with God. A relationship with God requires time. It requires hassle. It requires a great commitment if you're going to forge a relationship with God that is significant in your life. And what the Apostle Paul is saying here when he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know what word sticks out to me right there? The word urge. Paul urges the the people in the church in Rome because you have to urge people to do things they're reluctant to do, right? When, when, when When you have an affinity to do something or spend time with someone, there's no urging that needs to take place. If you call me and say, Pastor Gordon, would you like to go golfing today? (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to go with me fishing? Oh, my initial response is, yeah, when, right? And then you'll tell me when, and I'll have to check my calendar. But my heart's cry. If there's a song that goes with that. Is yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I mean, that's, that's what I want to sing when people ask me to join them in doing things that, that I want to do, right? <laughs> But on the other side of that coin, if you ask me, hey, Pastor Gordon, you want to go jogging? (laughs) Do you remember what my number one oxymoron was? Fun run. run. Somebody listening to my sermon. (laughs) You want to, hey, Gordon, you want to go hiking? I'm like, oh. And you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to do a little urging. Right? Right? Come on, it'll be fun. We get to do it together. And there's a song that goes along with that for me, right? Shut the door, keep out the devil. <laughs> no. You don't have to urge anyone to do something that, that's their, their, their passion. And the Apostle Paul is urging the church in Rome to offer their lives as a living sacrifice to be holy and pleasing to God. And this is the hard work of building a strong, healthy, and beautiful relationship with God. It doesn't come quickly. It doesn't come easy. But it's the most beautiful thing to have a relationship with God that is growing that is impacting you, and that is transforming you. This is the right-side-up kingdom that Jesus is talking about. This is the blessing of inconvenience, the deepening and abiding relationships that we have. And then in verse 2 of the passage that we looked at earlier in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The pattern of this world? To lean into comfort and convenience. Because it's everywhere, and it's so easy to do. Ah, oh, it feels good to be comfortable. And to do convenient things. But the Bible says, do not conform to that pattern, the pattern of the world, but be transformed so that, (laughs) I love this, you can test and approve what God's will is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. There's an old saying, I'm not sure if everybody has heard it before, but the old saying was that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. How many of you have ever heard that before? Say amen. Yeah. I will tell you that that's a lie, or at least a great this, uh, mis, uh, how do you say, it? untruth. That's a great untruth, right? I don't want to just accuse people of being liars, but when I read my Bible, and you could start right there in the beginning of Genesis all the way through Revelation, anybody that did the will of God. It was not safe. Nor was it comfortable. And I can assure you, it was inconvenient. God's will is not something that, that that is easy for us to do, right? Everybody that did the will of God faced great dangers in their lives. The safest place is not in the center of God's will. Everybody from... Abraham to the Apostle Paul that followed God, lived a dangerous life. In fact, if you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul has a laundry list of things that has happened to him in his life that was super, super duper inconvenient. I'll just give you a quick, a quick shot at that. He says, I've been flogged and exposed to death. Wow. I've had four, 140 lashes five different times beaten on me. I've been beaten with rods, pelted with stones. I've been shipwrecked three times, spent the night in the open sea. I've been in danger, danger, danger. And he lists all the dangers he's been in. He's been hungry, homeless, and naked. That sounds like a trip to Costco. <laughs> it's totally uncon- inconvenient. And then in 2 Corinthians 11.28, he says this, And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Wow. He goes through all of this because he loves God. And he loves the church. And he's forging this beautiful relationship through the blessing of inconvenience. The Apostle Paul's heart in expressing and exposing himself to all of these things was because he loved God and he loved the church. This is Jesus' right side of kingdom. And so the truth is, the center of God's will is not a safe place. But in fact, it's probably the most dangerous place in the world. And if you live outside of God's will, that places us in danger. But if you live in the center of God's will, it makes us dangerous people. Dangerous. <laughs> dangerous because we do not conform to the pattern of this world. Dangerous because we live in defiance of the world and the values that it stands for, that it contrasts God's holy and divine will. The truth is, there's no such thing as convenient Christianity. And if there is, it won't be found here. God never promised that our lives would be comfortable and convenient when we followed Him. What God did tell us is that it is a great adventure. That our lives would be filled with purpose. And going through that journey, that we would be transformed into becoming more and more like his son, Jesus. And that is the blessing of inconvenience. I met with the church board and the church staff this past weekend, Friday, uh, Friday, Thursday and Friday. And, um, and, and boy, I tell you what, we, we had a good time being together. And, and there are some great plans to see Mission Church get healthier. And the healthier this church gets, the more it will grow naturally. We don't have to force it. We've already grown so much in the last two and a half years. And I'm going to make a prophetic statement to you. Not long from now, coming to church become more and more inconvenient. I believe that not long from now, it's going to be harder and harder to find a parking space when more and more people start coming to church. You're going to pull in and, and maybe you have to park in the far corner or maybe the post office because you're late. Don't be late. Right? Ian, where's Ian! Ian! If you were here, he'd say, amen, don't be late, go early. It might be inconvenient because you know that seat that you are sitting in right now, the seat you've been sitting in for the last 10 years or 15 years or 40 years? A brand new guest is going to come and sit in your chair. And you're going to go, oh, because you were late. (laughs) And you're not going to ask them to move. Because we don't do that here. You're going to have to find another place to sit. And you're going to have to sit by people you don't even know. And you know what? That's a little inconvenient. Because we love our friends. And when this church continues to grow, you're going to miss seeing some of the people that you love seeing every single Sunday. Where are where my? Oh, they're all the way over there. And at the end of church, oh, there's too much people in between us. Oh, And you know what's going to happen? This is my prophetic statement. You're going to go, oh, this is not the same place anymore. I don't think I'm going to come as regularly. So inconvenient. I can't even find a place to park. People take my seat. (laughs) Can't see my friends. It's easy to, to get frustrated like that but I want to share a word of encouragement with you from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And it says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Church, don't give up. Because there is a blessing to the inconvenience. And I want to encourage you to embrace the inconvenience and not give in to the pull of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm going to end with a, a story. You may have heard a story similar to this. This might be your story. A mom calling up to her son, Son, get down here, it's time for church. And from upstairs, you hear the voice call out, I'm not going to church, Mom. And of course the mom's like, Come on, get ready, we gotta go. And from upstairs, I'm not going to church today, Mom. Anybody this ring familiar? Don't make me come up there! She waits three minutes, oh my storms up the room, opens the door, son is still in bed with his pajamas on, and mom can't believe it. What are you doing? We're going to be late if you don't get up and get dressed and get ready to go. Mom, I said, I am not going to church. She says, get, why Why don't you want to go? The people there, they're not friendly. I don't know any them. You know, they don't like me. I, yeah. Mom, I don't want to go. Mom, give me one good reason why I should go. She says, one, I'll give you three. First, you're 47 years old. <laughs> Second, you're the pastor of the church. And third, if, you go, if, if you're late again, I've got to teach your Sunday school class and I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I share that funny story with you. Because I understand that the easiest thing to do sometimes is just to quit. Because that's comfortable and convenient. And my message to you today is to not. It's to continue on. To continue to live into and embrace an inconvenient life that God has to offer. In the weeks ahead, my messages are going to continue down this journey. And it's going to be convenient for you to skip. Because you say, Pastor Gordon's messages are just like... But I'm going to encourage you not to. Instead, I'm going to encourage you to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another all the more as the day approaches. Because being together sometimes is inconvenient. But you know what, when you're with wonderful people, there's a great joy of being together. And here's the beauty of that all, that when being together gets inconvenient, but you're with great people that you can do it with, and the reason that you're doing this together is to draw closer to God, then man, can I can I just share with you that that is the blessing of inconvenience. So my hope is that you all, when you get done with church today, if you haven't signed up for (laughs) Dish.com, to do that. Because that's so inconvenient and yet so good. To gather with the people of God, to study his word, grow closer together as you grow closer to him. The greatest blessing is that we do this together and we draw closer to God.